It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 11 o'clock hour here on WTMJ Now. Uh, last time I saw this individual, I was um, emceeing an event. I think it was House of Harley. Brad Schimmel yeah. joining us in studio. And now a candidate for Wisconsin Supreme Court, current judge in Waukesha County. Your, your band was playing a House of Harley event. Yeah, we play every year for the uh, Concerns of Police Survivors ride. That's a, a cause very near and dear to my heart. And my bandmates always volunteer to play that one. And, you know, my bandmates also volunteered to play last night at our big announcement. <laughs> I saw that. You were playing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll get to all the serious stuff, but I like to start in more, more of a fun discussion. So how did you start doing that? You know, I started playing in bands. I mean, I was in grade school still. We had our little garage bands. But by the time I was 15, uh had a band with some high school and college guys I was playing in that we were playing in bars. We played at Rock City in New Berlin and all those places like that back in the day. Um, and I've just loved doing that ever since. For the folks who don't know you, what kind of music you play? Classic rock. That's always been us. So the 80s stuff, right? 80s, 90s? Oh, lean back a little earlier. Yeah, 70s, we, we yeah. love, yeah. What's your favorite Song my, or artist to play? My my favorite song we play is the song Vehicle by Ides of March. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, love yeah. that song and playing And you're a bass so player. Cool. Yeah. Why that instrument? Well, because I wanted to play drums. Everybody but, wants to play in, drums. Right. But in fourth grade, you you couldn't start on drums. You had to wait till fifth grade. And I, you know, I had the patience of a t- typical grade schooler. So you could start playing bass in fourth grade. So I went with bass. And that's right. it. Let's get to the serious stuff. Yeah. So you announced last night you're a candidate for the, the seat currently held by Ann Walsh Bradley yeah. in the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So a couple quick ones. Why now and why so early? <laughs> well, you know, conservatives have been losing races for yes. a while here now. Yes. And we have to do this differently. We can't keep doing the same thing or you'll be doing Albert Einstein's definition of insanity. Yeah. Um, we have to build better ground game. And to build a better ground game, you got to get out there early and make those connections also, you know, with next year being such being a presidential year, there's going to be from maybe February on, no one's going to give any oxygen to anything else but the presidential race and the U.S. Senate race. So now I can get a little oxygen. Oxygen. I'm getting attention right now about this. I can plant the flag all through next year. I can be a, I can be a candidate officially that can speak at events. We can we can get going on all the things we need to build the groundwork. So next November. After the election, I'll have that network ready. We can flip the switch, and let's go get them, guys. You're no stranger to running for office. You ran for attorney general twice, uh, once once successful. You lost narrowly uh, in the, the last uh, go-around. You're currently a, a, a circuit court judge in Waukesha County. Um, what makes this a job you want? Why do you want this job? You know, this, ha- this isn't my plan. I didn't, I didn't dream of this. But I've been watching things, Steve, and I can't sit on the sidelines anymore. I mean, frankly, Circuit Court Judge, you're very much on the sidelines. You're, you're seeing what's going on in the country and in your, I, in your community. Yeah, the country. This is declining, what's happening, and we're losing respect for the rule of law. We're losing, we're losing a sense of integrity in the legal system, and that has to come back. If we don't restore that, we're doomed. And and it, I think it is that serious. And every time there's an election, the candidates all tell you this is the most ele- important election in our history, most consequential, whatever. 
I think we're at the point now where they all are consequential and we need to be thoughtful about it and we need to run candidates with integrity who are going to approach it honestly and with a perspective of public service. I am tired of seeing people who can be in politics for decades who own multiple luxury mansions. How is this possible? Well, your opponent in this race has served three 10-year terms and is going for her fourth 10-year term. Yeah. But that's too long in your opinion? I think it is. I think there's, I frankly, I think there's an arrogance to that. Yeah, because that's a position of so much power over the social, political, economic status of our state that to, to want to sit in that position for that long, I think is, is arrogant. I think you should step aside. But so I had a com- uh, conversation yesterday with a reporter in Milwaukee and we were talking about your pending announcement now, a formal announcement last night to run for that position. And the reporter said to me, it's interesting that those races, expensive, high-profile, almost at some level, and their decision-making at that Wisconsin Supreme Court supersede the role of the legislature now in many ways. That has to be, it's frustrating for voters, but it also has to be frustrating for, for judges and people who are aspiring to be on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. This is, this is the primary problem that I see, is that I see, when I say lawlessness on the Supreme Court, I see a new majority now that thinks they're above the laws passed by the public. They want to impose their will, what they think the law should look like, and that's wrong. This belongs back with the public. This, the found, From the founding of this nation and the founding of this state, there's been that separation of powers. And I know it sounds dull going back to high school civics 101, but it's critical that we all understand those divisions and that we respect them. And I don't think this court majority does. Even though they haven't even ruled on really on a case yet. They haven't ruled on a case, but look at what happened. You know, the, before they were even the newest liberal justice was even uh, sworn in the day before they met secretly. And I would argue illegally to make a decision like firing the state director of state courts. You're not even you're not even on the court yet. And you didn't invite the whole court to have this discussion. You did it secretly. Come in the next day. The letter, the letter firing him is on his desk, signed, by the way, by my opponent. Um, so she can't write, try to rise above all this. And then within the first 10 days or so, they let the Supreme Court Chief Justice know that, by the way, we're taking your constitutional powers and we're going to just do that ourselves. That's a problem. And so they've demonstrated, they've they've laid down the law, what they're going to do. You're going to be asked about this a lot, and I'm going to ask you the question as well. So public comments during a campaign, your newest justice, our newest justice in the state of Wisconsin, Judge Janet Protosiewicz, has been embroiled in this, some would say, controversy uh, about things she said about specific things like abortion, yep. uh, redistricting, all those cases that they, that court, current court, may decide. Will decide. How do you as a candidate, and, and you're a judge, so you know the law pretty well, and you were a former attorney general, which gives you another base of knowledge and experience. How do you decide what's too much, what's appropriate, and what goes across that line? Well, first off, she's not the first to get caught doing this. I mean, one of the other ones was caught in a recording to a California audience, of all things, promising to strike down um, Act 10 and other reforms that were passed by the Republicans uh, years ago. And uh, by odd coincidence that uh, now we've got another lawsuit filed to try to to try to strike down 2011 Act 10. This thing's been litigated heavily already. What's the balance? You know what? Wisconsin voters do deserve to hear about the values of a candidate for office. They deserve that, and we should share that honestly with them. 
But the problem is, is some are conflating values with personal opinions. I, re- I understand the difference. Values are integrity, honesty, things you really do stand for. Um, my personal opinions have no role in the decisions I make on the bench. That that another is another arrogance as a judge to think that your will, your personal opinion, is more important than others. This, like some other positions in the state, are are supposedly nonpartisan positions. Do you think that ship has sailed? Are these partisan yeah. elections? They are. I mean, they've broken down that way. You know, there's a there's a difference between being a political conservative and a judicial conservative. They they mean different things. But uh, these days, you know, you've got to get your grassroots support from somewhere. And it's really broken down to the conservative candidates end up with turning to the Republican Party uh, for that grassroots support. And the liberal candidates end up with the Democrat Party for that. It, it, it's become that way. Um, I don't think I, I as you say, I think the ship has sailed. I don't think we're bringing it back. Let me ask it this way. You're going to be going to a lot of events, campaign events and invited to a lot of things. Is there a line that you won't cross of something on the conservative side that you wouldn't go to because it's too partisan? Is there a line, do you think? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I promise everyone that when you come into my court, whether in the circuit court in Waukesha or on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, you come there, you have a fair shake. I will read the briefs, I will listen to your arguments, and then I will research the law and see what the right answer is based on the facts and the law not my personal opinion. You, No litigant will come to court in front of me and know that they've already lost when they first walk in the courtroom and see who's presiding. Judge Brad Schimmel joining us in the studio, a candidate now for Wisconsin Supreme Court. I'm going to ask you about the last candidate who ran that didn't win in this Wisconsin Supreme Court. And something he told me, I want to get your, your thoughts on this. Brad Schimmel joining us in studio here on WTMJ Now. Great guest in the 11 o'clock hour here on WTMJ now, Judge Brad Schimmel, now a candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So I interviewed uh, Justice Daniel Kelly, formerly of the Supreme Court, about four or five times. And uh, I always used to ask him about the law and the Constitution. And he always used to tell me, every interview that I did with him, it's not about interpreting the law. And I always disagreed with him because if it was that simple and it was just following the law, we wouldn't have all these highly tense, volatile discussions about the law. Where do you fall on that? Is it is it about the rule of law, the Constitution, interpreting that? You know, and there, there's a lot of cases where it's not all that volunt- volatile or intense. Yeah, right? But there, there is are. there is a legitimate problem trying to figure out what this law said. I, I had a decision that I had to get out earlier this week that, um, you know, both sides were right about some parts of it. There, there was a gap in the law that one side was asserting it meant this, the other side was asserting it meant that. I had I had to address that, and I had to deal with it trying to figure out what was the intent when this law was passed and look at the that in context with other statutes and, statutes and things. So to just say you interpret the law oversimplifies it or don't interpret the law oversimplifies it. You sometimes have to, but you have to respect the Constitution primarily, and you have to respect the will of the legislature, which reflects the will of the people in the statutes they pass. So it is about the rule of law. The primary thing is you have to understand the distinction between reviewing and implying and interpreting the law versus making law. Right. And that's the thing you shouldn't be doing on the court. And that's the job of the legislature, which takes me back to the earlier one. Um, is there such a thing as settled law? And, and are we in the current environment, if we are seeing justices be more activists, are we getting 
away from the formula that's supposed to be the legislature makes the laws and the the justices ultimately rule on how that law was applied? There is a thing, such a thing as settled law. Absolutely. There are things that um, are established, but you can look back, you know, years ago, Brown versus board of, you know, there, there were decisions that, that sanctioned discrimination um, that ultimately the court, those seemed like settled law for a long time. And the court had to look at those and say, no, we, we have to undo that. So absolutely things can change that way, but it shouldn't be because of the will or the whim of who's on the court or because somebody licked their finger and checked, check the political wins. It's, sh- there should be, there should be respect for precedent. There should be things settled because otherwise you don't have stability and without stability, you know, Think about it from the economic perspective that somebody who's going to um, who's operating a manufacturing business in Wisconsin, they've got to make decisions about do I hire more people? Do I expand my production? Do I move to another state? All those things. Well, the stability in the legal system plays a big role in how those decisions are made. So we owe that to the people of Wisconsin to let them have that stability. How does your current job? Circuit Court Judge in Waukesha, and your former job, AG of the State of Wisconsin, how does that prepare you for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, do you think? Well, for both of them, I have had to spend all the, I have had to spend time diving into exactly what does the law say, and where that, sometimes that's unclear, I've had to dive into what was the intention, why, why was this passed, what, how do we interpret effectively what this means, and then apply it faithfully to the way the law was passed. Both of those jobs, I've I've done all that, but also both of these jobs, I've you know I've had a chance to build relationships, to learn what the public wants, um, and it doesn't mean their whims, but it's it's what's important to them because if you're going to be a public servant, you have to know how best to serve the people that elected you there. When you were a young man, did you did you know that you're going to be a public servant? Did you is that something you aspired to, or did you have a different plan? No, even as far as into or the early part of law school, I thought I was going to go be a lawyer in a big firm and make money. The, the year I started law school, L.A. Law premiered, and maybe a lot of your <laughs> listeners won't even know what that Anybody was. Anybody who's our age, well, I'm older than you, but they know that show. It was a huge hit, and and it seemed like everybody was going to get rich, drive expensive cars, all your clients were going to be gorgeous, and they all wanted to date you, which very, very unethical. But, yes. but that you know that was the image. I wanted, to, I wanted to go get a job in a big law firm and make money, and then... One of my college, one of my law school professors um, suggested to me, you know, you should you should look into the prosecutor internship program. And so I did an internship in the Waukesha DA's office my third year of law school. Um, that internship gave you the chance to be in court. I tried seven jury trials before I ever graduated law school. Wow. Under some supervision. But I tried those cases and I fell in love with it. I knew that working with law enforcement, working with crime victims, working to try to make the community safer, that was the way for me. And I just, I never looked back. I know we got to let you get out of here, but a couple of the big questions I have to ask you. So the, the, the current court is going to be looking at issues like abortion redistricting Act 10. It's hard to look ahead to 2025 or beyond, but do you think those issues will still be relevant in, in, those, in that period? Uh, those cases might be decided by then, but I think the issues will still be alive. But I think the bigger issue is, is this thing I've talked about already is how do they decide the cases? Do they decide that based upon the, their will and what they want personally, 
or do they cite it based upon a faithful application of the law and the Constitution? To that point, do you think the current liberal majority has already decided those cases? I think on the campaign trail, some of them said they have already. Yeah, and that's a mistake. It's one thing to talk about your values. Um, but you, as a jurist, you should always know that until the case is argued, you, you don't know what the end, you don't know. Frankly, there's many cases where I don't know what my ultimate decision is going to be or my earliest impressions aren't the way the case ends up because somebody persuaded me because I still had an open mind to hear it. We tell every jury, as soon as we swear in that new jury, we instruct them, you are not to begin talking about this case with anyone, even amongst yourselves, and you are to keep an open mind until you hear all of the law and all of the evidence and you finally go back to deliberate. That's the first time that you can start forming opinions about this case. We tell that to every single jury. No judge or Supreme Court justice should think they're above that rule. Last thing for you. Uh, Justice Kelly ran a race and he, he lost by a significant mar- margin. How will this race be different than that one? Well, I'm getting in earlier and uh, I'm going to work hard to not have a primary because that primary was damaging. And frankly, that's been harming conservative candidates both political and judicial races, uh, for years now. Um, but I'm not anointed here. I don't get to not have a primary. I'm going to earn that by outworking anybody else. I had to do that when I ran for attorney general, too, because that was an open seat. There were other people who wanted to run for that. But I got involved. I got in early. I worked my tail off, and I, and I made sure that I could demonstrate to those other potential candidates that I'm the strongest candidate and I'm the best suited to possibly win this thing. So that's how I'm going to do it. Judge Brad Schimmel, candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court in 2025. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate you taking the time. It's great to see you. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break here on WTMJ Now.